Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back to episode two of Dasila Speaks. This episode is going to towards mental health, the importance of mental health, why um, we should focus on our mental health. But before we get started, I do want to go ahead and speak about who is sponsoring this week's episode. Our episode this week is sponsored by Dad Celeste. You can visit www.dadceleste.com. I will have that information for you all in the uh, information box. So you'll be able to have the URL to go ahead and view our name necklaces, an array of sunglasses, and t-shirts as well. For this week's episode, I do have a special guest, Nurse nurse excuse me Nisha would be and I will let her introduce herself and tell her a little bit about herself well hello family um my name is Nisha would be Daz is correct in that I am a nurse I'm an emergency room nurse um but outside of that my background um is in molecular and microbiology as well as psychology and my focus currently is obviously in emergency medicine, where I have the opportunity to delve in lots of issues, including mental health. So thank you guys for having me. It's going to be a pleasure. I hope you guys really tune in and are able to take some things away from this episode. So without further ado, we're going to just go ahead and jump right in. If you, Remember that if you have any feedback, you guys are able to leave me notes um, on the app or feel free to DM me or email them personally if you don't want to share publicly at uh, D-A-Z-C-E-L-E-S-T-E at gmail.com. So we'll just go ahead and jump right in. You ready, Nisha? I'm ready. Okay. So do you think that mental illness is portrayed accurately um, within the media? Like, for instance, do you think it's shown enough? Do you think it's not shown enough? How do you feel about how mental health is portrayed in our society and on the media? Okay, well, media... Um, obviously plays a big part into what we see, right? But in terms of mental health, I think often when it comes to uh, what we see on television, what's perpetrated um, in news, as well as newspapers or things that we have access to read, that there's a skewed perception. A lot of the time when you see media uh, representation of mental health, you see it as people who are often disheveled, um, who are talking to themselves often, who can't care for themselves well. And that's not a real life experience. While that, while that is a, um, a truism, something you might actually see in real life, it is not the only depiction of mental health because obviously you have people like myself um, and, and yourself who work, who take care of families, who, who are contributing members to society who um, are, are mentally ill. So obviously yeah. I think that um, mental health can be portrayed in an array of areas, but immense, as far as media is concerned, you don't really get that true depic- depiction. Okay, so you feel like it is it, a picture is painted, but it's not a valid picture that's painted. It's not a, it's not a true representation, that's correct. Right. Okay. So um, what would you say is like the most common thing that you hear, um, being that you are a nurse and you've dealt with patients and things of that nature, what, what is the most common thing that you hear from people that, that live with mental conditions or have conditions? Um, like, do they speak? Do, are they willing to, you know, voice freely and, uh, and converse openly about their, their issues? Or, or do they seem more hesitant or, or shy away from the fact that they have that issue? I think that mental health and the way that, that different cultures speak on it um, is, is variant. Um, obviously, and in, in, I would say in Caucasian American, at least in my experience, Caucasian Americans um, have the opportunity to speak more openly. They tend to be more open uh, with themselves. 
and with their families or they have better resources um, available to them in terms of how they want to reach out. Uh, in the African-American community um, or Black American community or Black community as a general statement, I feel like um, mental health is kind of a taboo subject and people aren't so forward to speak about it because uh, there's a stigma surrounding mental health. And I do think that there's a stigma as a general statement surrounding mental health. You tell someone, oh, I'm bipolar. Oh, I'm schizophrenic. Oh, I have schizoaffective disorder. Oh, I have personality disorder. Um, then people automatically want to shun you or have questions about what does that mean? Are you going to hurt me? Can I trust you? Do you operate in your life the same way that I operate in mine? So I think that culturally uh, within the black community, it's a little bit less talked about mm -hmm. and, and maybe in minority groups as a general statement um, and the, and, and, and African-American communities, I can say for us, that it's there, but it's often not um, explored until there's a breakdown somewhere. And obviously for um, Caucasian Americans, I can't say as a general statement that everybody's talking about it, but I do know that that, that group tends to be a little bit more forward. They tend to seek out help a little bit more than other groups do. Okay. Got you. So, and I know this this next question is is something that I was having a discussion with someone about, and we, you know, it got really heated because you know I'm a very argumentative person, <laughs> and when I have my point that I'm making, that point is gonna stand. But right. the person that I was conversing with, you know, they felt they felt opposite, and basically, do you think that traumatic events in one's life can cause mental illness or or are mental illnesses, should they only be deemed by what is a chemical imbalance? Ooh, that's a little bit of a loaded question. So, so the answer, uh, in my opinion, is that it's a little bit of both. Right. Um, we, we always say that genetics loads the gun obviously meaning that there's always a genetic component to mental illness. Um, but that does not mean that everyone that has a mental illness is genetically predisposed to it. And we say that environment fires the trigger. So if there's something that happens in your environment um, that is potentially traumatic or non-traumatic, um, that that could potentially spiral you into becoming mentally ill. We all know that you don't necessarily have to have a genetic component to, you know, specifically be mentally ill. If you go through a traumatic experience at a young enough age, you can, you can be mentally ill. If you um, are not cared for, nurtured wise, um, the correct way in your youth, you could become mentally ill. If you are exposed to things that one should not be predisposed to at an early age, um, you could become mentally ill. Hence, you know, sociopaths and psychopaths and narcissists and people who um, become borderline personality um, mentally ill. There, right. are, you know, there are a number of different illnesses and I would encourage everyone if you have not taken the opportunity to really learn what the spectrum of mental illness is um, to, to go out and explore those things you will find in your assessment of your own personal circle that I'm sure you will find somebody who is mentally ill who is suffering from mental illness and we like to think of mental illness as this extreme um, of things that can happen to a person we often think like oh this person's having a nervous breakdown they must be mentally ill oh this person is outside naked with no clothes on talking to themselves that's mentally ill no one thinks of the person who sits in their home 
alone, non-conversive, not reaching out to family as possibly mentally ill. And the reality is, is that is that too is also a truism of mental illness. So it, it is a little bit of both. You can be genetically predisposed, but not only. And yes, the answer is you can be exposed to traumatic events and that can expose you to mental illness. They can act codependent with one another and independent of one another yeah that was that was pretty much my take on it um when discussing it with that person it was a friendly discussion but still um you know it we it got heated but because we were both arguing I guess two valid points but my take on it was more so along the lines of what you said I feel like if you know, an individual, they do encounter something or have an experience that happened when they were younger in childhood. That could very well lead to their mental becoming affected. And right. and which, when it's not dealt with at that age, uh, let's just take, for instance, the young lady who may have been touched inappropriately right. or the young man who may have been asked to do things with that adult at six and seven years old and then you mean to come and tell me that that that's not that can't be led or that can't lead to a mental illness we're just going to deem it as oh they just they're just emotional right okay they're just they're just scarred quote unquote no if that's not if that's not addressed you know sometime around the time frame um that that it was that it occurred I I feel like it can lead to greater mental illness when you grow and carry that baggage along with you um so I guess I guess I can say both points are valid chemically imbalanced chemically imbalanced and things that happen when you're younger can lead to some sort of mental illness or uh, mental deficiency. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I don't want to, I don't want viewers or listeners to think that mental illness only comes in the form of, you know, trauma because you don't necessarily have to be traumatized to develop a mental illness. Like, you know, we can look at personalities in media since we included media in this, Jeffrey Dahmer, who was who who was a serial prolific serial killer, Ted Bundy, who was genius, uh, was also a serial killer. Both of those men were raised in Christian households, in loving households, uh, where they definitely did not experience any traumas. Um, Ted Bundy didn't experience trauma until he got into his college years, and and that trauma did not come at the at the hand of his family members that came at the hand of a woman that he fell in love with. But Jeffrey Dahmer didn't have any of that. So, so when you look at that, some of that, that is predominantly chemically driven. And then you have, excuse me, you have those personalities, like you said, that have suffered some trauma um, that will become mentally ill, but something as simple as a child not receiving appropriate nurturing when their child can lead to mental illness something as simple as you know not enough touch or enough affection or enough security can lead to mental illness and those things also need to be explored because households genetics family interaction or lack thereof all play a part into whether you become mentally ill or not yeah, and, and we don't always know what we're going to be, but I don't think personally that there should be this large stigma around mental illness, which is why I think it's important that everybody get the education that they need and, and research mental illness mm-hmm. because it's around you every day. I agree. Um, it's something that I, that that is the whole purpose of this podcast. It's something that obviously I have been um, thinking about, but I don't think that I just want to figure out a way to make it more more aware to to have it more talked about. You know, because a lot of people we hear about it and we write it off as you know, oh, ain't nothing, girl. You know, I'm just sad. 
Mm-hmm. Girl, I'm just who? Girl, I'm just tired. It's just a lot going on, girl. Well, it, when really sometimes that's not the case. Like a lot of people are writing off what really they need to seek help for. So right. um, I know sometimes people may not have the the money. They may not have the insurance or the means to go and get help if they feel like they need help with um you know, assistance with mental illness? And what would you suggest to someone that's in that type of predicament? How should they go about seeking some type of help if they don't have insurance to go in and properly get that right attention? Well, this this question falls twofold. Um, so, so part of it is the individual and then the other part is the people around those individuals, okay? Um, for someone who, who can recognize within themselves that they are having a breakdown, whether that be depression, whether that be the, their interpersonal relationships, whether that be their lack of wanting to interact at all with uh, family, friends, or the community at large, I think that once you recognize that you can't, you do have resources available Um one primary resource is family okay family if you make them aware um, a lot of the times they will issue into availability the resources that they have another option is a lot of people don't know within their communities their own communities there are community-based resources that don't require you to pay a lot of behavioral facilities if you feel like you need to talk with someone, you can just walk into those facilities and say, hey, you know, this has been going on with me. I need to talk to someone. Um, Another option is if you are an active working civilian, uh, I would encourage you to look into your benefits plan. A lot of a lot of working full-time or part-time employees have access to what is called the Employee Assistance Program. That program allows for you to reach out to that number, say, hey, I'm having some difficulties in this area of my life, whether that be depression, whether that be anxiety, whether that be you know lack of wanting to continue in life. And you can speak to someone there and nine times out of 10, they will be able to refer you to a community resource that is available and offered in your insurance. Um, And then, of course, you have free resources um, within the community, uh, like some some of us who who live in the Orlando area, in the Atlanta area, in um, the Jacksonville area, in the Texas area, you will know that there's an organization called Shepherd's Hope, um, and they are always available um, to to help you with issues that you may not feel you can handle on your own. So that's the first part for the ownership piece of your own. The outside piece is for those people who are having the breakdown and they don't have the means or the wherewithal to reach out, you know, because somebody who's suffering from generalized depression is going to sit in their home and cry all day or not interact with community all day or family or friends. They're not going to let you know that they're having a breakdown. It becomes the family or the, the friend's responsibility to become vigilant. And this this whole new wave of suicides that we've seen come through in the last year and the hashtag check on your strong friends has become a very meaningful thing because when people are depressed, they don't reach out. And if, if we assume that they're strong, then we don't reach out to them. So friends and family have to be vigilant and look out for signs of depression, signs of anxiety, signs of withdrawal, and um, use those same resources to gain access to the person who is having the breakdown. And sometimes it's as easy as surrounding that person with friends and family to let them know that they're loved. Sometimes it's a little bit more extensive and you may have to do, you know, a mental health intervention to ensure that that person gets the support that they need. So we all need the resources, both individually and community based friends, family and otherwise.
Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, full fledged. Something that I got just while listening to your response, the word initiative came to my head. We mm-hmm. have to start taking initiative. Um, that's just for everybody, for everybody who's listening, for everybody. You you are something to someone, whether it's a brother, a sister, a friend, a cousin, whatever it may be. And a lot of the times, you know, I know, especially for my peers and 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 my age group which it I'm pretty sure applies to older adults as well but we want to we want to write off the fact that our homegirl why she got to be in the club every every other day why she got to be why she got to have a bottle every other day why she got to go find the plug every second every <laughs> minute of the day like mm-hmm. that may yeah. not just oh girl she just like she just turned she just lit oh he just he just girl he just crazy he just love to turn up no right. no sis no yeah something, something may really be going on and while we writing it off as oh they just lit they just a lit person they just like to go out they just like to do this because that's what's easy to do that's what's fun and that's what's funny and that's what's cute and that's the easiest thing to do is to just gear it towards somebody wanting to have fun and live their life but when in actuality it may be a problem behind Mm -hmm. that not to knock anybody who wants to go to the club every other week but y'all get the point I mean every other day but y'all get the point behind what I'm saying sometimes we can't keep excusing these actions and these behaviors you should be able to look at a person look at a cousin look at a friend and notice when something is like okay all right now you know I know I know it's okay to have fun but now why is this person always trying to do this or why is this person always trying to pick up a bottle or get their hands on a bottle we may need to sit down with that person and say hey you know what's going on you good you know I I know we like to go out but you good because that's necessary but guess what it's easier to just write it off as them wanting to have a good time so I wanted to speak on that because I, I've seen that and I see it every single day. I see it on social media. I see it. It's all around me. Like we laugh and we glorify the stupid stuff that people do when in actuality it's a more serious root cause behind why people are acting out. Absolutely. You know? And so it's not getting addressed enough. And I guess because it may not be, it's not talked about enough. It's not discussed enough. So people can't really speak on what they don't know. So maybe this, this will kind of cause people to think about who they have around them, you know, in their lives, who, who fall into these different categories. And, And because I guarantee you, you don't think about it until somebody brings it to the light until it's brought to your attention. Then you'll be like, Oh, you know, that is true. Such and such might be dealing with something or such and such might be trying to, you know, keep her mind off of something. But turning to those outlets, it's not the best way to do so at all. Right. Or you you don't you don't notice it until something traumatic has happened it, to the yes, person already. Yes. And, and then by then you're looking back in hindsight and saying, oh, I remember when he used to do this and I looked at that sideways or I remember when she used to do this and I looked at that sideways. But it's important to hold people to standard and 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 more importantly, to, to be vigilant and really recognize those red flags of when there's a breakdown. If you have a friend that is a social butterfly and all of a sudden that friend is no longer social, that's a red flag. You know, if you have a friend that, you know, used to drink socially and now they're drinking every day and maybe throwing some drugs in the mix, that could be a red flag. If you had a friend who was, you know, mostly optimistic at one point and now everything about them is negative, everything about them is down, everything about them is a complaint, that's a red flag. So it doesn't always have to be something that's uh, substance driven but it's about recognizing those personality traits and those key characteristics of what makes your friend your friend when those things start to fall off or your family those things start to fall off then you know something's yeah. wrong yeah and um and, and two if you don't have people around you you know, I consider myself a pretty strong person. Like I am the strong friend. I am the strong family member. I am the strong, pretty much everything. But guess what? The people that I, that are in my circle, if something's off, they're going to know that something's off. 
So it's an issue if you call yourself, you know, my ride or die, this my sis, this my sus, my brother, all these different people y'all give titles to, and y'all sitting up in the room with the same people who can't even recognize when there's something going on with you. So is that really your sis? Is that really your brother? Is that really, right. I don't even care, your line sister, your line, all of these different people have these different titles, and, and half the time y'all be faking because nobody really knows when there's genuinely something wrong with the other person you know and that's an issue because it can't be sometimes that person may not want to speak up or they don't know how to speak up you should just be able to tell and if you can't then uh maybe a reassessment of the relationship needs to go on maybe um you need to take the back seat when it comes to always thinking about yourself and sometimes maybe consider that other person because relationships whether they're platonic um or romantic they go both ways. They work both ways. So we, we can't just allow the responsibility to fall on one individual. So do you think that it's possible to have a healthy and thriving, um, like dating relationship or platonic, um, mm-hmm. while dealing with a mental disorder and mental issue, something's going on with one person's mental, but the other is good. The other is 100% solid. Do you think it's possible to maintain um, a steady relationship of the sort? Absolutely, I do. And, and the reason that I say that I do is because in, in my mind as a healthcare professional, uh, mental illness is no different than a medical illness. Would you not be present for a friend if they had cancer? Would you not be present for a family Mm -hmm. member if they contracted HIV? Would you not be present if, you know, someone became terminally ill? And and that's what you have to look at. That's good. You're preaching. You're preaching. preaching. (laughs) Would you not be, you know, it's like when you look at mental illness, these are the characteristics of of, of a person. And, And it's not like, Someone who has mental illness went to God on on Tuesday and said, hey, Lord, give me that bipolar disorder right there on the shelf. They did not choose that for themselves. And certainly the type of mental illness they have will determine whether you can maintain a relationship or not, because obviously certain mental illnesses are going to be bad for you. And, I don't, and obviously a danger to you. Narcissistic personality disorder is one of them. You know, those disorders, that particular disorder is a personality trait. It is very complex. It is a, it is a very in-depth um, mental disorder that involves the person who has it completely sucking somebody else dry at the non-disclosure of the other person. So you're being taken advantage of by somebody who who has no intention to do you well and only wants to see themselves thrive because they are so inept to take care and to own their own stuff. Now, you may choose to have a relationship with them, uh, but do I think that that relationship particularly may be a successful one or a beneficial one for both parties involved? No. But for other personality disorders or mental health disorders, do I think that that's possible? Yes. It just it just depends because um, you can have somebody who suffers from, you know, schizophrenia or or mental health and that's a, um, or bipolar disorder. Sorry, disorder in the hospital setting. I see people like that all the time. And a lot of the time I would not even know that they were bipolar until they told me. Or I would not know that they were schizophrenic until they told me because a lot of the times some of those mental illnesses, they're compliant with their medications. They do everything that they're supposed to do. They follow up with their therapist and psychiatrist and regulate the things that they're supposed to regulate to ensure that they're able to live a complete, fulfilled civilian life. But, you know, when you have those others who who are just like, you know, non-compliant, then you run into issues, obviously. And and just like that, with a normal relationship, when, when there's a breakdown in your normal relationship, you say, hey, this is a problem for me. You're doing this. This offends me. You know, I need you to work on this or we can't be friends or we can't be, you know, 
family essentially we can't hang around each other every day those same conversations would happen with someone i would hope who has a mental illness if they were non-compliant you would say i need you to you know make sure you follow up with your therapist i need you to make sure that you take your medication because when you're not doing this you're doing this and that's impeding on my way of life so the, the answer is absolutely yes. I think you can have a successful relationship, whether that be romantic or platonic. I've seen it. I know it to be true. Um, but I think one has to carefully consider and assess what type of mental illness is at play. Because the answer is, is not always going to be yes. Um, but in certain situations, I think it will be. Okay. Um and what what advice would you give to somebody who's too embarrassed or ashamed to go out and seek help? Um, I would say this. Your, you can only live in your skin and in your truth. And what is true for you today is going to be true for you tomorrow, is going to be true for you the next day. And the things that you choose to hide from you will always be fearful of and the things that you are fearful of, you will manifest themselves in your life. Um, I think it's important that people with mental illness understand that what, what society may deem as a weakness when exposed and talked about and examined and made available for other people in the community is really a strength. It is not a negative thing, um, in my opinion, to have a mental illness and to speak about it and to be honest about it and to live your life in the representation of it. I think it is a negative thing when you hide from it, when you, when you, when you don't make it available to other people, when you ignore it and when you are ashamed of it, because honestly you do more damage to yourself and you live out those representations that become stigmas as we talked about in media. And, and and social climate. So I think it's important that um, everybody understand that if you have a mental illness, do not be afraid. Do not be scared. Do not be ashamed to, to talk to someone about it because that is your truth. And your truth is going to help somebody else accept, realize, recognize, and live out their own personal truths. And, and we all have our burdens to carry. So for you, it might be mental illness. Dads know for me, it might be, you know, a steak and some lobster because I love to eat. <laughs> for, for somebody else, it might be a drug addiction. You know, no, no one thing is greater than another. And we all have something to deal with. We all have something to, to tell a story about. And, and for all of us, those things that are going to be social stigmas are going to be things that we are ashamed of or scared to talk about but I promise you when you do talk about it when you do make it available to yourself and to others it, it will become a strength for you and you will find refuge in speaking and living out the truth that you once were so afraid of I agree and why do you think there's such a stigma that is associated with mental health conditions especially in I want to gear this towards my people african americans is it do you because me personally i feel like it's a pride thing um i really do i feel like uh for whatever reason we feel like um we have it all together we mm -hmm. i know black males for the most part you know are raised up you know to their taught men don't cry we don't right. ain't crying about nothing you 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 fall you scrape your knee suck it up if you're a male um, oftentimes for girls, it's along the same lines, but just not as harsh, you know, oh, you're right. okay. Or, you know, we'll talk, it's kind of softened, but never is it mentioned that, hmm, we may need to get, we, we may need to have you sit down and speak with someone. Or right. we may need to, maybe we can get, you know, pastor to stay a few minutes late and we'll sit down and talk to pastor. Sometimes it ain't even, it, it's not a, a chemical imbalance. 
which which sometimes you know it is but half the time it's just things that have occurred in our lives that we have not taken the time to sit down and to address and get squared away so that we can move on and it's causing us to have to deal with all of this baggage unnecessary crap and Mm -hmm. and it when it really stems from something that we just never dealt with so so why do you think that there is such a negative stigma that comes with that? For my people, you know, and when I say my people, I mean black people. And when I say black people, I mean all inclusive. I mean Haitian, Jamaican, you know, African American, yeah, African. When when I when I speak to about us, I think we live by that old model of what happens in my house stays in my house, and 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 we know that that entails secrets and if you know anything about mental health if you know anything about life as a general statement secrets kill okay so when you have something going on in your home whether that be your child or your mother or your father and it's a breakdown somewhere you know and you don't want to talk about it then what what essentially you learn to do is cover up mess you learn to cover up trauma you learn, and you teach yourself at a really young age or really early in life to lie. And so what you do in your youth usually becomes a representation of what you will do in your adulthood. And you just learn to transform your lives from one stage to another, to another, to another. And, you know, the Bible says, and I hate to throw a little burst in here, but I'm throwing it in there anyway. The Bible says that <laughs> what is done in the dark will come to the light. So there, there is no way for you to hide things and expect that those things are not going to show up manifested in your life. Yeah. So I think for us uh, as, as African-Americans, we have got to get away from this ideal of what happens in my house stays in my house. While there are nuances of that, that, that can be true. There are certainly things that when it comes to resources and help and breakdowns that we need to do, you know, like when yes. your family is falling apart, um, if your child was to fall and hit their head on the corner of a glass table and need stitches, you would have no problem taking that child to the emergency room to get stitches. You know, why is that different for any mental illness, you know, or, you know, for for those in the impoverished community? And this is not a a generalization. I don't want to make it seem like it's everybody because it's not. But when your child starts acting out in school, instead of having your child properly examined to determine if that child has a mental illness, you want to say, oh, that child has, you know, ADHD or ADD. And you want to, you know, collect a check on the benefit of the child without really having the child assessed properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's just, that's a whole nother segment right there. But you know, that, that portion um, can be a, a problem or your child is, uh, you know, abusive to other children. You know, you got this child that's biting everybody or beating everybody up in school. And, and we're, I'm going to throw out here, assume or hope not that the parent is not acting out in that manner in the event that that could be a potential mental, you know, mental illness, you know, or you tell a child something as simple as I need you to take this trash out. And you got to tell him that 15 times and all 15 times he does the opposite of what you tell him to do. That's not a, sometimes that's not a learning disability. That's not an inability to follow your instructions. Sometimes that's a that's a mental illness showing its face to you so we have to get away from this idea totally of what happens in my house stays in my house if your child is displaying or your family member is displaying or your young adult teenager adolescence is displaying that they may have a mental illness take that child that adult that teenager that adolescence to a mental health counselor and let them be evaluated the same way that you would take a child who hit their head and needed stitches to the emergency room. It's yes. about it's about efficiency and adequacy of care. And ultimately, as a parent, it is about providing the best 
resource, opportunity, and, and responsibility for that child because that's what we all have the responsibility of doing as parents, as mentors, as teachers uh, of the community. So, you know, I think we just, we got black people, we got to do better. Yeah. Way better. We we have to do better. And and, in turn, you hit on a very poignant point about black men who are emotion, who are taught to be emotionless. If you know me, you know that I am completely, against that I think it's important to be emotionally conscious and 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 know that and for men black men especially that there is an appropriateness to your emotion there is an appropriate time to cry there is an appropriate time to grieve and the reality is it is not realistic nor human to be hard all the time to not cry. That's crazy. And in my opinion, that type of holding in, that type of um, stoicness is what leads to depression and self-harm, suicide, murder, robbing. Those That type of not dealing with your problems leads to a breakdown in other areas of your life. Yes. You can be a man like like everything you just hit it in the head what is it hammer well on the head there you go um you just whatever it is you hit it on the head because it made sense to me and it registered in my brain so i hope y'all can understand it but for males yes y'all are y'all are supposed to be the the soldiers the the kings the the tough ones the immortal quote unquote but at the end of the day everybody we're human we're all you if I cut you you're gonna bleed the same way I'm gonna bleed it is very necessary for you to be able to know when it is appropriate to express if it's outward emotion whatever it is whatever type of emotion that is the opposite of being hard and being so solid and things like that whatever that is you have to be able to recognize that that is okay for you to do and if you don't if you feel like that's weird if you feel like that's gay I'm gonna get. I'm gonna just go ahead and use yeah. the word that yeah. you know my peers and my age group. We we call it gay, nigga. You nigga. You you lame, nigga. You soft. Well, okay. Your homeboy that's coming at you that way, he might be dealing with some things. Do not ever make anybody feel like you are low or you're you're less than a male or whatever for for showing outward expression. It's quite frankly it's a beautiful thing to see when, when I do see it nobody want to see you walk around mugging all the time looking like a bulldog and, and you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying don't nobody want to see that all the time all the time like God knows I do not want to to see you know my black men out here all willy-nilly and 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 just weak but at the same time you have to make sure that you're able to be transparent between the two. That's just the bottom line. And then what I wanted to say was if you haven't dealt with any type of issue um, that you've experienced, if you experienced something in your childhood, if you experienced, it could have been you. In your adulthood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I say childhood, I don't necessarily, I'm not just referring to kindergarten. A lot of people, when you hear childhood, you think, oh, back to the days you couldn't remember. But I'm, I'm referring to your life in its entirety. If you have experienced a traumatic situation, a situation that you feel like really just took you, picked you up, put you, sent you up to the clouds, put, flipped you back down, threw you across the water, dragged you through the mud, and you have not dealt with that, if you have not sat down, if you have not spoken to somebody about that, but you want to put on this face, you wake up and you tell yourself, oh, I'm good. I'm here to tell you you're not good. And that's just the bottom line. You're not good. If you have, if you, you know, you had an absent parent, if you, you were abused, if you were touched, if you were anything, anything that went on and you did not address that issue, you did not sit down, you weren't able to communicate that situation, communicate how you felt to someone about that. Because all the time it doesn't take going into a facility. You know, sometimes you just need to talk. You just need to open up your mouth. And a lot of 
of times we don't do that either. So that leads to more complications in the long run. I'm telling you right now, if you haven't done that, then you haven't dealt with your issue and you should probably, you should, it's no probably, you should find somebody, you should get comfortable with somebody. If you don't feel comfortable enough, find a stranger to, to voice that too to make sure that you get it off because you don't want to carry on baggage with you throughout your lifetime. Right. Because and that's, let me... that's a, that's going to be a, um, you know, a depiction of your character. What were you going to say? Let me, let me piggyback the, on that as well. And I want to be clear that when we say talk to someone that people often think, Oh, when you talk to someone, they're thinking about a psychiatrist who, who deals specifically yeah. with, with those who are in, you know, rigorous states of breakdown mm-hmm. um, and medical intervention for those breakdown versus a psychologist. Um, a psychologist is someone who is there to assist you and help you essentially before you get to the rigorous breakdown and to deal with the maladaptive problems in your life. Your lack of talking about your lack of dealing with your feelings you know I often say you know and Daz knows I will tell somebody oh you having a problem you need to go lay on somebody's couch and tell them about your problems that's my way of saying to you come lay on my couch come lay on your grandma's couch go lay on your friend's couch go call a psychologist or a therapist or somebody that you trust and and lay on their couch and tell them about your problems because Daz is correct. A lot of this is just about speaking on the problem and not hiding it, not dealing with it within yourself. If, if you have the opportunity to speak about it, a lot of times that frees you up, that lifts a burden off of you and you're able to deal. Yes, it may be painful. Yes, it may be difficult. Yes, it may be something that you don't really want to speak on. But the reality is, as the lovely Iyala Van Zant says often, is that you cannot heal what you do not acknowledge. Yeah. And, and what you don't speak about, you can never heal from. So you have to be open. And more importantly, if you want to look at it, you know, this way, it's not even about everybody else. It's just about you. It's you versus you. You are in competition with yourself. You are running your own race and you are in your own lane and you don't have anybody else to think about. If you were to sit down and have a conversation with yourself, what would you say to yourself to make yourself a better person? And that's what you need to do to free up your life. And if you don't know what you would say to yourself, then that's why you need to be around people who would know what to say to you. Because... I mean, obviously, you, sometimes you just, you, your esteem may not be there. Your mental may not be there. So that is why it is important to be surrounded by people who are able to, if you get down a little bit in the slumps, be able to recognize that and pull you back up and hear me and hear me well, because I'm going to say this again. If you have dealt with any type of issue, any type of circumstance, and you have not sat down and verbally addressed that situation and put it to the side, as much as you wake up and look in the mirror and tell yourself you're good, you are not good. Right. There's no way for you to be. So all that you're doing is you're masking it. There's no way humanly possible for you to be good if you have not dealt with something that you dealt with within, outwardly. Absolutely. There's not a yoga class. There's not a conversion to veganism or Buddhism. There's not... There's not a there's not a God. I ain't gonna say that there ain't a God on earth. There is a God on earth, but you even even with the with the God that we serve, you still have to be willing to confess with your mouth. So if you if you aren't willing to say it to yourself and openly acknowledge it, you know, you you are you're in a whole lot of trouble. So don't do yourself the dishonor of of, of walking through your life and telling yourself a lie. And yeah. think that you're going to perpetrate that to other people as truth. Yeah, people that's will, the biggest thing. Yeah, people will eventually see the lie that you are trying to hide. Yes, 
that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is being judged. Let's just say, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not seeking medical attention. You just kind of need some therapy, some advice. Then we're, we're concerned about being judged. And then when we seek, or we know we might need medical attention, we're afraid to go in. We're afraid of the results. We're afraid of, you know, then them judging us and them getting too deep into our lives because what happens in the house stays in the house. And da, 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 da. Okay. Well, has what happened in the house stays in the house? Has that been helping or has that been hurting? Like right. you just kind of have to, you just kind of have to think like n- nobody's perfect. So, and that's, that's just the purpose behind the podcast. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be a learning process. It's going to be something that you have to sit down. You have to take what's been said on this episode into consideration, could take those different events um, or circumstances into consideration, your feelings into consideration. Everything has to be taken into consideration because this is your mental at the end of the day. This is your, this is your mind. So, and I, I feel like the mind is the powerhouse that's that's the show that's the that's the show starter right there that's going to be the battery that's everything that's the source so if the mind is off everything that you do is going to be off and that's I mean I don't think that anybody wants to go throughout life with anything off if the mind off your finances off your mind off relationships off your relationships with your parents off with your siblings off everything is off because everything the mind is the powerhouse period so um, I just want to say to anybody who is struggling with um, any type of mental, well, I'll first let Nisha say any closing remarks. Did you want to say anything else before we wrap up? Um, I will say a couple words. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that this podcast has been um, a great resource to you guys. Again, my name is Nisha Whitby. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Nisha Whitby that's spelled in like Nancy E-S-H-I-A last name W-H-I-D like dog B like boy Y if you have any questions for me outside of Desiree feel free reach out to me send me a message on messenger Uh, I'm more than happy to answer your questions in public or in private Um, I also have an Instagram under Nisha or Miss Wid, that's M S dot W H I D like dog. Um, and I'm here as a resource. Um, if you guys have any questions, I'm always here and available. And of course, um, if you don't, if you can't remember, you don't have access to me, you can always reach out to Daz. Daz has access to me, and I'm sure she's willing to forward any information to to me about uh, your questions, concerns, or observation. I wish nothing but love and light to you all and um thank you dads for having me it's no problem thank you so much for even being willing to join um me on this episode to go ahead and just kind of peel back the surface behind mental health because i feel like it's necessary and you did provide some great insight so i hope that you guys enjoyed the episode i wanted to leave you guys with the affirmation um the same way that i did for episode one i hope that the affirmations helped you from episode one and this time we're going to use i believe so whether you have a journal whether you have your phone pull out that and write down your affirmations i believe that I will do this. I believe that I will have this. I believe, I believe, I believe. On episode one, we did I am. Positive affirmations, we did what we felt about ourselves. So this time I want to do I believe. What do you believe is going to come to pass? And um, after you write out your I believe affirmations, repeat them for about 15 to 10 minutes. Just read over them, hang them on your mirror, put them in your car, put them on your dashboard, whatever you have to do to be able to see your affirmations. Because I believe you have to see, you have to write the vision, make it plain, and it'll come to pass. So that's what I want to say about that. And then I also want to touch on our sponsor again for this episode. Our sponsor was, or I should say, is yeah. Dazzleless. <laughs> um, you can visit www.dazzleless.com where you will find handcrafted, uh, personalized name necklaces, eyewear for any of your beach needs, um, and swimwear needs, and then. Yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in to episode two of Dasilla Speaks, where we peeled back and got into mental health. 
I do look forward to episode three. Stay tuned for that topic. Also, if you have any type of comments or remarks, you can uh, reach out to me on Twitter. Make sure you hashtag Dazzler Speaks if it's pertaining to the podcast, though, because I won't come across it. And like I said, if you you know are a more private person, you kind of don't want whatever you have to share with me to be um, announced, you can send me an email to shopdacelest at gmail.com, and I'll include that information in the description box. So again, guys, thank you for tuning in, and I can't wait until episode three.